This is the Acres of Love Fellowship New Capability Podcast. This is podcast number one, and I'm Ryan Adonati. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord, you servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forever. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on heaven and on earth? He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of his people. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, all the angels with him, He will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people from one from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right hand side and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison. And you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick in prison and didn't help you? And he will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did, not do, For one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away 
to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is an actual event. You can try and rationalize it away, but it will come to pass. It's the only gathering in your life that actually should matter to you. It is a life and death event. This prophetic event that I've just read about keeps me awake at night. I think of it all the time. I factor the inevitable reality of this event into all my decisions. It describes the end. We should live with this end in mind. God determines the time for this gathering. We are not able to opt out of this powerful event. We will all be gathered together before the King of Kings, all of us the same, actually in awe of Him. Only we standing in different groups. We all see the King of Kings. We all have no more time. What is done is done. What is not done is gone. There will be no more time for a do-over. This is final. Our life is on full display. The essence of this gathering is based on what we have done in our lifetime. What actions we took. What problems we solved. For whom did we solve them? What was the true agenda behind our actions? God determines the groups, and God determines which group we will be in. I want to just talk quick briefly about two essential questions that come out of this passage. Actually, there were two passages. These passages are in the Bible. They're not out of my imagination. They're in the Bible. You find them in Psalms and you find it in Matthew. Psalm 113 and Matthew 25. Who really matters to God? That's a profound question. In a way, we always assume that we matter to God. And that's true. But we're not the only ones who matter to Him. Which problems does God want to solve? Well, we always assume that he wants to solve our problems. I mean, isn't that the basis of our prayer? Lord, help me. Lord, deliver me. Lord, heal me. Lord, provide for me. And he does. But he wants to meet the needs of other people other than you. So in Psalm 113, it says he is the Lord and he's exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. The picture there is that he's the king, almighty. Who can be compared to him? No one. He rules the universe. However, in Matthew 25, he speaks to us standing in those groups in the first person. And then he says, I was hungry and you gave me Something to eat. I was thirsty. I was a stranger. I needed clothes. I was sick. I was in prison. These are all physical needs 
of a human being. These are physical needs, in most cases, of a poor person, a person in poverty. And so, in a sense, he, he reveals himself in Matthew 25 as a poor person. He says, I am poor. So he's in Psalm 113, I am the king. In, Psalm, in Matthew 25, I am poor. So who is God to you? Is he king or is he the poor? The answer is actually both. It's very powerful when you start looking at God as a poor person. We tend to ignore the suffering. We tend to ignore the poor. We tend to think it's their fault or unlucky you were born in a, in a country where there was an opportunity for you. We tend to look the other way. For many, many years, I was surrounded by the poor. I didn't even know they existed. For many, many years, I had no idea that families were disintegrating and that the result of that was that children are being abandoned and orphaned. I was just aware of my own needs and my own life and my own agenda and my own obsession with success and with with uh, prosperity. And one day, I was in a critical frame of mind and I'm criticizing the problem of the poor and saying, it's, why isn't the government doing something about this problem? Why isn't the church involved in solving this problem? I'm looking around and I'm blaming everybody. And the st- the still small voice inside me says, well, what are you going to do about it? That was a question that changed my life. I thought about that deeply. I thought, well, what can I do? The fundamental problem we all make is that we look at the problem that far exceeds our resources. And then we assume that we can do nothing. That's a fundamental problem when you think, I cannot help everyone, therefore I do nothing. Fortunately, at the time, I'm reading a book entitled Acres of Diamonds, written by Dr. Conwell. And he basically, in this book, does a phenomenal job about explaining that you don't need to look around the world to find the diamonds, to find the success, to find the key to life. The key to life is right where you are. It's right next door. It's your neighbor next door. And um, what was profound in this book was that he was approached by a medical doctor with a person dying. And they said to him, Dr. Conwell, we need a hospital. And he said, all right, take the bedroom in my house upstairs. So the sick patient, the, the sole doctor, and the bedroom in his house was the hospital, which today is Temple Hospital in Philadelphia. But what I learned from that is you start with what you have, but something needs to move you. Something needs to move you towards the poor. And I'm sharing these 
passages with you today so that when you look at the poor from here on out, you're not looking at them as outcasts. You're looking at, at them the way that God describes them in Matthew 25. He says, I was hungry. I was naked. Can we really look at them and see God in, in that form? If we can, and if we do, we are going to be moved by compassion. We're going to realize that to the extent that we reach out our hand and help someone that's poor, help the orphan, help the widow, then we are actually helping Almighty God. What a, what a profound revelation that is. In, our, in Psalm 113, he says, I lift, I lift the poor off the ash heaps. I lift the poor off the dung heaps. And he's proactive. So he's proactive in lifting them, which means he rescues them from their plight. Poverty is a curse. And when we get engaged to help the poor, we need to remove them out of that curse. We need to either physically take them out of that environment or we need to take the curse out of their life. But either way, that's the beginning of the solution. And then he says, I will seat them. So God always brings the problem, which is, in our, like in our case with Acres of Love, the problem are the abandoned children and orphans in South Africa. And he brings those problems and he seats them. He will bring the problem to the solution. You don't need to run around the world to try and find the poor. You don't need to do anything except open your eyes of compassion and start looking around and make your life available to God and He'll bring them to you. He lifts them and He seats them. He entrusts them. He entrusts them to us, the elite, us, the princes of His people. It's like a family. The father of a family would want the strong kids to take care of the poor, to, to take care of the weak kids or the poor kids. So the strong always help the weak. That's the basis of an outstanding family. And this is how God wants his family run and his, he wants his affairs managed with the poor in mind. He brings the problem to the, to the solution. This is God's pattern. I hope you start looking at the poor through different eyes. Take the lens off. Take your prejudice. Put it away. Start looking at them as human beings with unlimited potential. Perhaps even more potential than you have. And when you engage with them, you're doing God's business. Let's begin now with the end in mind. The end is we stand before him and we want to be in the right group. We want to make sure that we are going to be with him for eternity and we want to make sure that we receive the rewards that are due to us based on what we've done in this life. And we want to make sure that we have solved the problem 
that he considers the most important problem, and that is that we took care of the poor. I hope God becomes strong in your life, that you can see through his eyes that you can be moved by compassion. And Jesus set that example on earth when he was walking amongst us. Everywhere he went, he was moved by compassion and he solved the complex problems. In a practical way, you clothe, you feed, you visit. We open up families for orphans. We open up homes for orphans. We take care of them. We give them the best. We, we launch them just like we would launch our own kids in with the same zeal and with the same faith and with the same vision. And that's what I believe the Bible is speaking about here. So let's serve God. Let's look into the eyes of the poor and let's see Jesus in their eyes. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our new Capability Podcast. If you're new with us, you can download the subject material by clicking on the notes tab and placing your email. Or you can log on to acresoflove.org slash new capability podcast and download the notes there. If this podcast inspires you, please share it in your social networks. To financially support this podcast, click the donate tab. Acres of Love is a global movement of compassionate individuals, and we would be honored for you to be a part of this movement with us. Thank you.